is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with me, Jason. Unfortunately, Corey can't be with us today, but that doesn't mean I'm alone. And instead of Corey, we've got three, three guests on the podcast, we did say towards the end of the end of the season, we're going to ramp up the guests on the podcast. We've got a couple of returners. We've got a debutante as well. Um, start off with, we've got a piece of the furniture now, Andy Buckley Taylor. Taylor, Andy, thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. A returning guest, Tom Walsh. Tom, how are we doing, mate? Hey, Jason, I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Thanks, thanks, mate. And a debutant to the podcast, but most people will know him on Twitter. Phil Lowe. Phil, appreciate your time, mate, for coming on. Yeah, hi, everybody. And uh, thanks for the invite. Nice to be here. Uh, just as we were chatting off here, hopefully we'll uh, get to ask, ask, ask you a few questions about some of your wonderful shirt collection that you've got, Phil, towards the end of the podcast. But we'll uh, we'll kick off with things, kick off with things on the pitch and... I think it's fair to say if we weren't all feeling it before, I know Andy, we spoke a couple of weeks ago and we said, you know, Derby did still have an opportunity to do something. After Saturday, I think it's fair to say now that not only the result, but I watched the game and I thought really the performance as well was was a little bit be, below par for me, Andy. And we we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when we spoke that Derby can't start games like they have been doing and to be 2-0 down away at Swansea who are in a bit of form at the moment just wasn't the start that Derby needed at all in that game was it? No it was an absolute shocker to be honest those two quick goals and that first goal did you see the space that the player had to hit it through the defence into the corner there you know um, absolutely appalling Um, if you you want me to carry on um, as as the, as the game developed, obviously we got the penalty and pulled a goal back. But there was a couple more incidents in the game where uh, first, well, the Curtis Davis handball I thought was a penalty. I think Curtis Davis thought it was a penalty. And one that split an opinion is uh, the challenge by Ryan, Ryan Alsop, which uh, many referees would have given him a red card for that. So as we go towards the end of the game, was it Shibulski getting mm. pulled down? That was an absolute stonewaller of a penalty. And, uh, you know, we can moan and whinge about it. But uh, we did have a little bit of luck uh, with the referee and in the game. But overall, I thought it was a poor performance. And something I would like to touch on, as uh, some fans have pointed out, Luke Plange, ever since the £1 million move to Crystal Palace, he's been a bit below par, uh, to put it mildly. 
And uh, I think maybe it's time for Wayne to bring uh, Jack Stretton back into the team. To be honest yeah. with you, it, it was going to be one of the questions I'd got for you all a little bit later on about now, you know, maybe not against Fulham on Friday because that's probably throwing them to the Lions a little bit. But for the rest of the season, certainly the home games against the lesser side, it'd be interesting to see what kind of a kind of a team, if, if he's got any more youngsters in that academy that haven't already made a debut at Derby so far. Um, but we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. I think, yeah, you've you've summed it up nicely there, Andy. I thought exactly the same. I thought, you know, Derby, in no game can you can you start and defend the way that Derby defended for that opening opening twenty minutes, and then yeah, they get they get a lifeline back into the game with a penalty that, I mean, it is a penalty. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you could you could you probably argue that one as well. You know, was Plange going to keep the ball in? It was as if he he was running it wide, and the keeper takes him out. Maybe he's not he's not getting to it. So, but obviously from a Derby's point of view, I'm, I'm glad he got it. Um, Tom, I'll come to come to you, mate. I mean, Andy's touched on two points there. The what I want to talk about the Curtis Davis handball, obviously the penalty. You've got a potential red card, and then you've got another penalty that's not given towards the end of the game. We we come on this podcast every week. We talk about poor officiating. How you can have four different decisions in a game from one referee like that for me is is incredible and obviously Wayne Rooney's come out absolutely slammed the officiating uh, again and it looks like he's got himself in a bit of hot water Tom but you know when when you're watching Derby and when you're following Derby not just on Saturday but you know the, the stand of a ref, referee and we, we bring it up on the podcast and every now and again we get a bit sick of talking about it but the problem is it's becoming more and more relevant and obviously, where Derby County look like they're heading for next season, the officiating's more than likely only going to get worse, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, people try and tell themselves to make themselves feel better that evens itself out over the, you know, over the duration of a season. Um, but we've not, we've not found that. Um, I completely agree with everything Andy said. Really, um, you know, we were. We were we were fortunate to be in the game, but then we were denied what was an ab- well, it's basically a rugby tackle, you know, in the six yard box on Sibulski at the end. So, um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. It's it's frustrating, but I think the, the amount of games this season where we've had the passion, we fought back, but we found ourselves one or two nil down before we started playing. You know, I think that's the that's the real issue here. You know. Um, we, we've done an incredible job to be where we are now and to be, you know, only just talking about relegation as being guaranteed at, at the start of April is, um, you know, is fantastic, really. But we've not had any help from anybody and, and referees especially. No, and it definitely feels like that. Uh, Phil, obviously, first time on the podcast, so we've not really, we've not spoken to you about your, your feelings on Derby of this season and stuff like that. But um one one point I want to bring up, and I think it's fair to say, we, we have mentioned it a couple of times over the last few weeks. It looks like that just everything that's been going off is, is started to catch up with the team a little bit. Obviously, we've, we're, we're playing the same players. Um, we've obviously lost something like 12 in the last three months, players-wise. Okay, not all of them were first-teamers, but still. Um, and obviously, games coming thick and fast as they do in the Championship. Up until yeah. a couple of months ago, obviously we thought the great escape was on, and then really, if you, I think if you do look at it, those last probably five or six get or seven or eight games, really, Derby haven't done themselves justice with the amount of points that they've got on the board. Do you think it is literally just time catching up with them a little bit? 
Uh, yeah, I think we're a bit jaded. We're like so we're playing the same players. Um, they're tired. The impetus is gone from there. Um, you know, it did look quite realistic at one stage that we could do it and we could catch uh, Reading. But I also think that losing Chakoka made a massive difference to the to, to the team and to the way that we actually played. Uh, it brought a certain confidence to the back ball. Um, and I think we've just lost, we've lost that. I think if we look back at the results, it was when he left that we started, um, we're losing. And I don't think we realised at the time what a big difference it would make. But yeah, he certainly brought a calming measure in there. He played well alongside Davis. Um, and I think Curtis feels, I don't know, he just was really tired himself. And he, look, he doesn't look the same confident player that he did when he had Jagiel connect to him. Yeah, and I think yeah. we've stopped, you know, a lot of errors have started creeping in with the defence. Um, and then I think just talking about the officials, when you think there's not just the referee on the pitch, there's another three officials that, that all seem to keep missing uh, these important decisions. Uh, and as for that, that one in the last minute of the game against uh, Swansea, you know, that could have meant another point to us. I think it is too late in the day, but you never know, dear. And that last game of the season, if we need another point and it all comes down to that decision, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be, you're a bit upset, aren't you? I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. And, and I think you're right. You're right. Derby's form, I mean, what were the the third best defensive record in the league up until Christmas? And then, yeah, we lose, we lose Jaggy Elka. And that is no knock on, on Stearman and no knock on Cashin because they, they well, certainly Cashin's come in and I, I think he's done well, but, like you said, he is only 19. Davis, he's not going to have the same confidence in him as, as Phil Jagielka because he's not an England international or an ex-England international. So you can understand that. Um, you could, you, Davis knew that if he left Jagielka to do his job, he'd do his job. Whereas I think there probably is always something in the back of his mind with, with Cashin that if he misses that ball, I've got to make it. And it's it's probably hindered, hindered his game a little bit. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, I think he probably feels like he's constantly got to watch over him. Even though Cashin's proved that he's more than capable, uh, I think it's just Davis's mindset. He's not concentrating just on his game anymore. He's sort of he's, he's playing two games in his mind. And yeah, I think there's a few errors creeping in. It's like, and definitely they're tired. They are tired. They're very tired. They are. And Andy, when we last met, obviously they just had that international break and we said it about the Preston game, you know, 10 days off, you were, we was expecting a must-win game for Derby at home against Preston. You thought Derby were going to come out of the traps and absolutely dominate. And, and they didn't. They got bossed for 25 minutes against Preston until, really, until they got a man sent off and probably had to rejig their, their shape a little bit. And they, they are looking tired, aren't they? Yeah, they're looking very tired. Um, what uh, people have got to consider as well. Some of these uh, youngsters that have been brought in, under normal circumstances, they would have been eased into the squad. You know, a few cameos, what, a few starts, but it, it would have been blended in. Um, as it is, Wayne Rooney has had to, uh, well, basically build a, build a team with uh, a lot of uh, youngsters in it. And... The lack of experience and the potential for them to burn out is there because uh, the pressure is on them to go out and perform straight away. Normally, you, you get a, a youngster in a side and um, he, he will grow grow into the team rather than uh, being thrown in 
and uh, expected to be, uh, you know, playing Marcuses and pro straight away. Yeah, and I mean, it's something, like I said, I don't think anybody can knock anything that Derby have done. And I think it is, I think we can all admit now that that is, that is probably curtains for Derby. It's unfortunate because obviously Reading lost at, at the weekend. Um, but I think I think it is going to be too much. But I think when you look at the season, and we'll certainly do that towards, you know, after the final game, and, and you look back at it with, it, Tom, I'll come to you on this point. And it... For me, as a fan this year, it's been so weird. This has probably been the most enjo- one of the most enjoyable seasons. It's probably been some of the best atmospheres at, at Pride Park. It's certainly been some of the best atmospheres at away games that I've come across. Yet, it's a real possibility that Derby are going to finish bottom of the pile. Um, and basically, practically none existed. Ne- nearly, nearly went extinct. Lost, will have lost nearly every single senior player that, that they've got. What from a fan's point of view? What what is it this season about? You, you know the feelings you've had about this season. How how can something that's been so really, let's face it, catastrophically bad off the field and and things like that? You you're looking at this season, and and I'm sure in ten years' time you'll you'll probably look back on this season with with a little bit of pride as well that you know it was a good it was a good season. Funnily enough, it was a good season. Yeah, definitely. I think um, <clears throat> you know we've all we've all been on a journey as a fan base, and we've all you know we, we've all rediscovered why you know why we why we love Derby, why we love our team, and you know success is incidental. Really, the the most important thing is the club's about belonging. You know, it's about tradition and family and and people having a club to support. So. It's it's a weird one because, um, as you say, on the pitch, you know, it's going to be the lowest finish, almost the lowest finish in my lifetime that that we've had. But um, there's a lot to celebrate as well, you know. And and I also think that that you know this this group of players have done an unbelievable job of not just keeping you know the fan spirits up, but also. You know, it, the atmosphere could have got toxic a lot more, a lot sooner in this season if we'd have been down by Christmas. You know, so so what they, what what they've also done, you know, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that they've that, that it's a good thing necessarily, but they've kept a lot of heat off um, off Mel Morris and the board and everything else that's been going on because you know the, the football really has been a distraction, hasn't it? You know, the fact that we've still been um, in a position to to potentially survive until recently, so yeah, very very mixed feelings. But then when we, you know, when we went down in the Premiership with eleven points, obviously, in terms of football, it it was you know, well, I couldn't forget about it quick enough. But in terms of the fans, again, you know, we we're unbelievable. You we were selling out home and away. Fans were you know on the feet for the ninety minutes, cheering away, and attendances after we went down with 11 points for the few seasons afterwards, you know, we were getting almost 30,000 for, for an average home match in the championship at one point. So it's funny how some of the, some of the more grim times for a football club bring everybody together. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the fan hub app. Fan are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups, check in on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club 
and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the FanHub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the FanHub app and website. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back Four, and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back Four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Derby stuff, so go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season, so stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Derby County. They've got England mugs, Derby County mugs, and various different kits, and you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review as a, as a coupon code there as well and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's, that's Flatback 4 and Six Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. It, it looks like that there will be Thank God, a Derby County moving forward. There will be a Derby County at the end of at the end of May when the money runs out. Looks like American business owner Chris Kirchner has been named named preferred bidder and looks set to set to take over at Derby County. Fingers crossed. Couple of questions I've got for you, Phil. One, do you think it's the right choice, or do you think really in Derby's situation and predicament uh, they could they couldn't really be too picky? And what do you think? You know. <clears throat> Presume, presuming that he takes over, uh, what can you, what can you as a fan and uh, forecast that you know could happen at Derby in in the next couple of years under his uh, stewardship? Uh, well, to start, with, I think it's the only choice because at the end of the day, he is the only one that has come forward. He's put it out there uh, not once but twice that he wants to take over the club. Uh, he's obviously put a lot of stuff on social media. Some people agree with, some people don't agree with. Um, it would appear to me that he is trying to be open and he's trying to be honest with fans. We won't know that until we're sort of 12 months into it. Uh, I hope for sort of his sake and for the club's sake that the, the takeover now moves swiftly and smoothly forward. Um, do we need another distraction? Do we need Mike Ashley? popping up in sort of two or three weeks' time, chucking in a late bid. If he's going to put in millions more, or tens of millions more, then it might be worth looking at. But if he's just going to come along and put a few million more quid in, do we need that distraction? I think we need to move forward, we need to move on, and we need to get it moving quickly. Uh, I think we we need to show Wayne that, that as a club, we're going to move forward to allow him to make plans, um, to allow him. He's obviously got a lot of contacts. He must have a lot of people waiting for the nod, uh, or hope that he has, uh, and the people who want to come into the club. And he needs to know how much money he's got, how much he can spend. And the longer it goes on, if we've got players that are out of contract that he's wanting to bring in, they'll be looking at other clubs and we could lose some decent players. Um as for, for, for Kirchner, um, you know, it's just time will tell. And I think we do need to give him a chance. Um, 
you know, there's lots of talk. There's people saying he's just got $5 million and stuff. There's all sorts of trash out there on the internet. The press are forever trying to drag up whatever they can and spread false rumours or maybe true rumours. Uh, we just need to get it done. We need the EFL to give us the nod. Uh, we need to know that everything's above board, that he's got the back in and, and move forward as a club now. It's just gone on for too long. Oh, far too long. We're just all jaded from it. We've all had enough. Yeah. Fan base, um, the, the, the club itself, we're literally, we must be crawling along at a snail pace. There's so many people lost jobs. Uh, as, as a club, we've lost a lot of players. Um, you know, there's been no mention of season ticket sales. How many season tickets are we going to sell for the next season? Um, there's just so much we need sorting out. And we've got basically two or three, four months before we're back into a new season again. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you know, I, the time I, that's gone from Christmas, where we've been in this um, this dead state, we've now just got that again before we kick off this new season. And we need, to, we need well, I don't know, we need about 20 new players, don't we? Yeah, easily. To start with, we need an owner and we need a ground. Well, yeah, I mean, relegation for me personally, relegation is obviously bad enough, but I think we've, we've known it was a, a pretty strong belief that it was probably going to happen months ago. Um, the one thing that Derby don't want to be doing in in the summer months is struggling to bring in players, don't know who still owns the club, don't know if you own the ground, can't offer no new contracts. Chances, I mean, we don't know for certain. There's strong possibility that Derby are going to start on a points deduction again next season. It, it, we don't, we can't afford any more of that. You've got to go into this campaign and you've got to have everything in place. It's pointless waiting to do what he's done this year and sign eight players the day before the season because that's not, that's that's just not going to be enough. And Derby could find themselves in a lot of trouble early on because, as we all know, League One is not going to be easy to get out of. Anybody who thinks Derby's just going to go in and cakewalk it, I think, a, a delusional, really, Un- unless. By some miracle, we do. I mean, Barnsley manage it, Rotherham manage it, Wigan tend to manage it by going down and coming straight back up. But I, I'm I'm not confident that Derby Cat would would do that. Um, but that's because the state that the club's in at the moment. If they can build on something, then you know that that could that could help. But um, one question, I've, a couple more questions I've got on that, and then we'll move on to the Fulham game. Um, Andy, interesting. Me and Corey touched on this on our last podcast when we. Meant talked about the preferred bidder, um, Wayne Rooney. Phil alluded to him there um, as he, he needs to know what his hands and what cards he's got to deal next next season. And my me and Corey posted the question: Do we th- did we think that if Chris, Chris Kirchner was the preferred bidder and is the preferred bidder and does take on Derby County, how much more of a percentage does that allow Wayne Rooney to make a decision that he wants to stay at Derby? We've seen in 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 the papers. We've seen we've heard conversations that they've they don't really know each other, but they've got a bit of a relationship. Do you think Chris Kirchner is the somebody now where Wayne will want to stay at Derby more than maybe some of the others, especially when they didn't really, even though they were sniffing around the club, they didn't really speak to him about it. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, if, if Chris Kirchner is the uh, eventual owner of Derby County. I still think there might be a last-minute twist in this, as I said in my post on the, the blog last week, um, because uh, we don't know what he's really worth. 
there's been reports he's worth less than 100 million. I've also seen a report saying his businesses are worth billions. And there's also that uh, report that says he made a lot of his money through the cryptocurrency. Um, he is connected to Paul Stretton, if I read rightly. Now, Paul Stretton was Wayne Rooney's agent, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so I think that strengthens the case uh, for saying that Wayne Rooney is going to stay. And I think uh, Kirshner has actually been quoted as saying that he regards uh, Rooney as one of the best young coaches around. Um, probably a bit OTT there because um, we haven't seen him have a, a proper go with uh, funds to wheel and deal with players. But uh, if Kirchner is the eventual owner of our club, I'm 100% certain that Wayne Rooney will be our manager next season. I think the, other, the, the final point on, on this whole thing from obviously is his daily Twitter Q&As that he seems to be doing with fans. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's great because there's a bit of transparency, but if things start to go wrong, it's going to bite him on the arse. Um, it seems very much that a name in the frame to to be basically running Derby from Derby uh, day to day will be Gary Cook, who is, I believe it's Gary Cook, Gary Cook, somebody who has got a lot of experience as uh, chief, I think he was chief executive at Man City, wasn't he? Um, had a big say in the um, their new owners coming in and he, he had a lot of dealings with a lot of a lot of their high-profile players when uh, Sheikh Mansour brought his millions and billions. Um, Tom, I don't really know how much you know about the guy, Gary Cook, but somebody, if you was to look into him, the pedigree that he's got in the game, having somebody like that running the club day-to-day, one thing that I would say is you've... you've hoping that it's going to be run in the right way now that might not be glamorous for the first couple of years while they get you know things in order but at least you know that there'll be no worries of overspending or anything like that he he knows the game inside out he knows how to run a, a successful football club and that's got to be a big weight off the mind of any derby fan that you know not in in 12 months time we're not in a very very similar situation where millions have been thrown at it and and basically derby failed yet again yeah, definitely. You want um, <clears throat> you want your owner, your chairman to, you know, to, to have football people around them or football business people. You know, that's been the that's been a huge issue for the past um, eight years or so. You know, we, we've had um, we've had an owner that doesn't appear to have, you know, consulted the right people at the right time, you know, um, and so if if he does bring in Gary Cook with his you know with his, his experience, you'd hope that 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 means that he's he's willing to listen to people around him who have more experience, which can only be a good. No, I fully agree. Right, we'll move on. We've we've got five ten minutes left. Um, quick thought, everybody, on the well, it's the Easter weekend. So it'd be, it'd be the, it's the two games, Fulham. Fulham and QPR, uh, Phil, start with you, mate. Obviously, as we say, we, we kind of know what Derby's predicament is. Going into these two games over the Easter weekend and, you know, for the final three, what what are you hoping for, for from Derby? Is it just a, you know, effort and desire? That's all you can really ask for. Uh, you can't really put a points tally towards it because it probably doesn't matter anymore. What, what are you hoping to see between now and the end of the season? Well, I think we've seen the effort and the desire. We know that they've got that when they've spent something to play 
four. Uh, so it's going to be hard to go there. They've obviously got against Fulham. Um, you've got the goal scoring machine up from. I can't see us. Uh, I can't see it ending well. Um, yeah, a little bit of fight from them. Whatever they've got left in them. Uh, if we can get a point, if we can get three points, it might just tick along for another couple of games. Other than that, let's let's put us all out of our misery. Let's start thinking towards next season, and then let's get this ball put to bed. Yeah, but, I, yeah I'd, lo- I'd love three points, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, Andy. I think norm- normally in this scenario, we'd say give some of the youngsters a bit more minutes, but we we can't do that because the youngsters are our first team. So. How how many more of the young would you expect to see a, a couple more of the twenty threes? Like you say, Jack Stretton's probably probably a key one. Louis Sibley, who seems to yet again have fallen off a cliff, and I know he played for the under twenty threes yesterday. W- would you expect those players to start coming in now? Maybe not play plunge. Maybe you know one or two of the others just give, give them a rest. Um, and and let's face it, some of the younger ones who may well still be at Derby next season and and be a big part of the squad, they're going to have to get some experience somewhere. Games that I suppose haven't got a lot riding on them are the, are the perfect opportunity to use them, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I've uh, I've got, I've a feeling that Sibilski will probably start on the uh, on Friday. Um, we're we really, I mean, the main place on the pitch where we we where we are lacking has been up front and the goals. Um, we, we we simply don't score enough goals. Luke Plange hasn't been scoring enough goals. He's a million pound player. Um, so I don't expect too much um, tinkering with the with the back four or the midfield, but it's going to this is this is going to be an extremely difficult game. I know we I know we drew nil nil at uh, Craven Cottage, but we came under the cosh, and uh, we we in my opinion we were very fortunate to get the draw. But it was a good team performance, and uh, we held out. But this Fulham side is very scary. I mean, Harry Wilson's had a good season for them. As you say, you've got the goal machine up front, uh, Alexander Mitrovic. Carvalho's another player that uh, I, I've always uh, uh, admired. And then uh, if, if Tom Kearney is fit, he's, he's the general in midfield, isn't he? Um, so if, if, we get a, if we manage to get a point out of the game on Friday, <laughs> I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree. Um, final thirty seconds, time of the podcast. I'll I'll, I'll let you uh, comment on on that. What, what are you hoping for from certainly from the Easter weekend and and the final few games for Derby? Pro- probably for me, you know, just not to let themselves down over that last five games and and take the shine off what's been a ultimately a, a battling performance this season to try and stay up. Yeah, just just respectability really and you know um obviously it'd be nice if we could finish 22nd do you know what I mean that, that'd be it'd be a bonus um but yeah it's going to be a hard game against Fulham we we were it was a good team performance but we were fortunate to come away with a with a nil nil there so um we shall have to see but it's yeah I think Friday's going to be a bit difficult and we might have to pick ourselves up from from that result so just fingers crossed we don't you know, we don't get a hammering. Well, yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Right, 
guys, the timing on the Zoom link is going to run out in about 40 seconds. I'll say thank you to you all. Phil, I wish we'd, I did say we'd try and get to get to talk about the oh, shirts. We'll, we'll yeah. do it again. We'll do another one in a, in a few weeks' time where we, we'll definitely be able to have a good chat about it. But, Phil, thanks very much for coming on, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Not a problem at all. Thanks, Tom, mate. thanks for joining on as well, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And, Andy, as always, thank you. Yeah, That's you're welcome, mate. Thanks, everybody, and up the Rams. Yeah, up the Rams. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.